I want to continue speaking to us for a few moments. Title of my message this morning, Accelerate Church. Turn to your neighbor on your left hand side, say, let's accelerate the church. Tell your neighbor on the other side, I'm so glad you're in church this morning. I spoke to us last week, we started looking at accelerating Christ Jesus, because Christ is our message. And I spoke to us last week about being intentional as much as what God is going to accelerate things to us, not to make that the core theme of our year, our first port of call, our first praise. God, accelerate things to me. The Bible says we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, which is His Son, Jesus, because you can't be made righteous by yourself. You can't be made whole by yourself. It's only through faith in Christ that you can be made right with God. The Bible says when we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He'll add all these less important things to us. Now, you might be saying to me this morning, Pastor, but I've got bills to pay. I've got debt. I've got, you know, I've got things to do, responsibility, kids to get through life. I understand that. But the Bible says there is a worldly order and there is a kingdom order. And if you put your life in that order, the Bible says God takes care of things when you sleep at night. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps by night, he rises by day, and he himself does not know how that seed grows. It's different from the world. The kingdom of the world is different from the kingdom of God. And we are part of this great kingdom. And so when we live by kingdom principles and we live by God's word and we live by the unction and the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Bible said God navigates us through the potholes of life. And sometimes you might have craters. Sometimes you might just have cracks. Sometimes you might have potholes. I don't know what your circumstance is this morning, but I do know that God knows exactly where you are. He knows every hair on your head from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. God knows every single thing about your life. And as you make Christ your message, as you make first, not just the... uh, bring things to me, Lord, but bring things, use, do things through me this morning, I want to say to you that you're going to have an exceptional, exceptional year. Our scripture verse last week, and I'm just laying a foundation for those that weren't here, Colossians 1, 28, the Bible says, Christ is our message, and we preach to awaken hearts. We don't preach judgment or condemnation. We don't preach the problem. We preach the solution. So we preach to awaken hearts and to bring every person into the full understanding of truth. So there is scientific truth, there is political truth, there is economic truth, and then there is the truth. So Christ is the truth. And if you have Christ, you have all kinds of truth. You have every truth. You know all things. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. That is why we pray, because when we pray, the Holy Spirit reveals things we don't know, because we know all things in Christ who's in us. Oh, yeah, this morning. By the way, I'm just reminded as I say that our... Uh, fast is starting tonight after the 6 o'clock service, ending on Wednesday night, and we're having prayer here at 6 o'clock uh, in the morning, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So join us if you can. We'll also have an online link for those of you that are lazy and have children. So uh, I don't know which order you want to put that in. That was a joke, by the way. So join us. Buy out the time. Get up early for the next few days. Come and pray with us 6 to 7 in the mornings, and we're going to have a great time. So Paul writes, and he says, It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with His power flowing through me. There it is. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit, the message of Christ, the love of God to flow through us this year. Let's not be those people that are, you know, dumb, dick, and difficult. Let's be those people that are, are light bearers for Christ. And the Bible says to present to every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Christ Jesus. And so this morning as we talk about accelerating the church, the Bible says that, that um, Christ is our message, but the church is the vehicle through which the message of God is used. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians 3 verse 10. The Bible says, so now through the church, so it's Christ in us to flow through us, and the Bible says, so now through the church, 
the multifaceted wisdom, multifaceted wisdom of God in all its countless aspects might now be made known, revealing the mystery to the angelic rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. So the Bible said it's through the church that the multifaceted wisdom of God is made known. I realized that more I was in December, actually the Lord spoke the scripture to my heart, and I realized again that sometimes we don't understand the, the, what maybe even the concept or the power of what the church really is. The world sometimes uh, limits the church to a physical building of brick and mortar, and yet that is one of the facets of a church, is a physical building, so that the rain doesn't fall on our heads and the wind can be out of our hair. But that's not the church. The Bible said that's the building which, in which, which houses the church, but the church is made up of living stones, you and I. And the Bible said God is building us up as living stones. So God starts to work in you, and He continues that work in and through you in the church. And the, I want you to understand that this morning, because the Bible said it's through the multifaceted wisdom of church, through the church, that the multifaceted wisdom of God is made known. We sometimes think people are just going to know about Christ or know about Jesus walking in the mall. No, the Bible said it's through the church that they get to know about Christ. It's through the church they get birth. It's through the church they get raised. And you and I are the church. Can you say amen this morning? We are those living stones that God is busy building up. But that word in Scripture, the church, it means ecclesia. And it means the called out ones. That word ecclesia, it means a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place and assembly. So we get called out this morning. Look at you. Look at I. Well, myself, we, we, we were called out this morning, and we came to a public gathering, a public place called the church, which is housed within a building. And the Bible says that is who we are. You need to understand the church is not just a Sunday meeting of an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is. No, the Bible says we are the church, and the church gets called out all the time. In the week, we go to home cells. We get called out into a public place. We go and we gather together as the ecclesia, the called out ones. Why? So that the multifaceted wisdom of God may be made known to us. We don't just learn about these things. You can Google as much as you like, and you can get human knowledge, but the wisdom of Christ, the knowledge, of God, the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. The Bible said is found in the church through the ecclesia, through the called out ones. So you are the ecclesia. I am the ecclesia. We are the called out ones and we should encourage that. We should accelerate the church. We should accelerate the public gathering of people together. We should accelerate Sunday services. We should accelerate home sales. We should accelerate prayer meetings. Why? Because when your life is the church, the Bible says your life accelerates. And sometimes we think we can get along or get through life by us on our own. And yes, you might make a, a success to a certain point, but you don't understand, we might not fully understand the power of the church until you go through some crisis, amen? Listen to what the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. The Bible says, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised Him from death and set Him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from His rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all. Say with me, He's in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything, Christ, our message. He says, at the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. And the church, you see, is not peripheral to the world, and the world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which He speaks and He acts, by which He fills everything with His presence. So listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that the church is not peripheral to the world. That word peripheral, it means on the outskirts. It means an attachment to. So the Bible says the church is not on the outskirts of the world trying to 
beg the world for uh, attention or beg the world for, for money or beg the world for its existence. So the Bible said Christ is the center of everything and the world is peripheral to the church. The Bible says the world has to bow to the church if you and I understand what the ecclesia is, the authority of the, of the living stones. So when you go out to work in the, in, the, in the week, this week, when you go out into the marketplace, the church is going into the marketplace because you and I are the church. We are the ecclesia. So don't confuse the physical building with being a living stone that God uses and sends out. And when you go into work tomorrow morning, the church is at work. Not religion, not some Bible bashing person and looking for sin in people, but the authority of God is in that place because you are there, the ecclesia. And the Bible says we're not peripheral. That word peripheral, as I said, it means an attachment too. If you look at the computer industry, for example, a computer will have a, a hard drive, which is the brain, the power, the authority of that computer. It's the, it's the life of that computer. And then you add peripherals to it. You add a, a mouse and a keyboard and speakers, and those are the peripherals you add around the computer. And the Bible says sometimes we treat the church as if it's peripheral to the world, like it's just an extension of the world. I go to, to, to I live my life six days a week, and then on a, on a Sunday, I go to this attachment to my life called the church. And the Bible says, no, it's the other way around. The Bible says we don't treat the church like a keyboard or a mouse, an attachment to my life. The Bible says the church is my life. Are you here this morning? And I say this to us as we lay a foundation for this year, because sometimes we're expecting God to supernaturally accelerate us. And he says, but what's the condition of my church? Because I came to die for my church. I gave my life for the church. And I called you out of into, not to run away from the world. I called you out of into the family of God. And I'm going to send you back into the world to be salt and light. So the, so the world is not peripheral to the church, the, or the church is not peripheral to the world. It's not on the outskirts. The church is at the center of it all, and Christ rules the church, because Christ is our message. And so when we invite people to the church on a Sunday and a Wednesday, when you're having a prayer meeting in the morning, home sales, wherever it might be, you might invite your friend to gym with you. And you and your, you, you're two Christians, and you go to gym together, and you invite a third person who's not a Christian, you're having church. You are the church. You don't have to have a Sunday service with music and a pastor to be the church. You are the church. The ecclesia, the called out ones. Because where two or more gathered, there he is. You can be sitting at a coffee shop around a table, two Christians and one unsaved person, and you're having church. Your light can shine there. And if you understand the power of the church, the Bible said they went about Acts chapter 2. They went about from house to house in the temple and breaking of bread. And the Lord added daily to those. The Lord added daily to the church. He adds... God is not a God that subtracts and, and causes harm and, and the wrath of God. And I went through a bad season. Must be God punishing me for 2021 sin. No, God doesn't operate like that. All the wrath of sin, of man's sin, he placed on Christ. Amen. Now Christ, who overcame sin and death, is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And he rules the church. And he sent us the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ to you and I. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to be al flaco, and I don't say that the manifestations of the Holy Spirit might be different, but we're not trying to look for a goosebump feeling. We speak and we walk and we talk with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. If you don't know what to do, the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. I'm not sure what to do for the rest of this year. I'm facing a predicament. I've got a crisis. Pastor, you're preaching supernatural acceleration, but I don't see my life accelerating very fast. Well, ask the Holy Spirit to ask Jesus. Ask Him in prayer. Ask Him. 
Jesus, what is your mind in this? If you were in this situation right now, what would you do? We have the authority. We have the keys. Oh, yeah, this morning. We have to accelerate the church. We have to understand the authority that you have. You're not here on a Sunday for a few minutes and then you leave here and you go live your life separate from the church. It's not peripheral to, it's the center of it all. And as a parent, you'd be wise to raise your children in the church. As a businessman, you'd be wise to attach your business to the church. Give Jesus your boat and watch what he will do. Use your business, amen, to advance the church. Use your career to advance the church. Use your gift, use your testimony to advance the church and watch what will happen. As you accelerate the church, God will accelerate your life. As you seek first the kingdom of God, you will add everything to your life. Can you say amen this morning? Watch what's going to happen to some of you this year. You're going to get a telephone call and there's going to be a breakthrough in that telephone call. You're going to get a contract and business that you haven't even signed. Why do I say that? Because I've seen it happen in my own life. Why? Because you're sitting here this morning. God's not a respecter of people, but the Bible said Jesus gave his life for the church. Are you here today? So the Bible says the church is Christ's body in which he speaks. Look at this morning. He's speaking through the worship. Before I even came up and said a word, God was speaking to all of you, many of you, through the worship this morning. That's what He does. He speaks. The worship is filled with Scripture verses. The, word, the worship is filled with the presence of God. You don't get this privilege to stand in the presence of God in the mall, at work, at home. You don't always get this opportunity. That's why the Bible says we call you out. The Ecclesia, we, you're called out to a place of public gathering where we can stand together and we can lift up our hands and say, hey Lord, had a rough week this week, had a tough week. I ask you to speak to me and the presence of God comes like only it can through the church amen because it is through the church that the multifaceted wisdom of God is made known so the Bible said he speaks and he acts there's a doing part the super part the natural part becomes supernatural he's not going to do it all by himself he's going to get your obedience your sacrifice your prayer your commitment and when you do that commitment to God whatever it might be whatever he's speaking to you add and you add your natural and he's super it becomes supernatural amen and the Bible said in which he fills everything with his presence. So it's important for us to understand that we're not called, the sad reality very often is that many well-meaning people, they live on the edge of the church. That, like, they treat the church like a computer peripheral. They treat the church like, a, like some, some uh, extension from themselves. And then we wonder sometimes why we're not seeing breakthrough or we're not seeing acceleration or we're not seeing solutions in certain areas because the Bible says the solution to that challenge lies in the church and through the church. And God wants to speak to you through His Word. And you're going around that mountain or that hamster wheel of life and it seems to be going again and again and again and again. Another year of the same old, same old. But when we come to the church, one word from God, one scripture verse, one moment in God's presence and God births an idea into your mind. God brings peace to a situation. God opens up a scripture verse from the Old Testament that you were least expecting it. And God takes His Word and He brings it and puts it as a lamp and a light to your feet. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, you didn't know what to do last week, but suddenly you know this week. Why? Because God revealed it to you through the church. Not through the pastor. Well, I'm an I'm aspect of the church. The fivefold ministry is an aspect of the church. There are members set in the body. There's the fivefold ministry. There's the multifaceted nature of God, the multifaceted wisdom of God. The church is outside of the four walls of the building as well. It's in the hospitals. It's in, the, in, in people's homes. It's caring for people. When places burn down, it's providing clothes and food. It's an extension of Christ everywhere, 24-7, 365. It's not a Sunday morning activity. It is a life that I give myself to. Can you say amen this morning? And so as I referred to the, the church as a vehicle earlier, 
Scripture also refers to the church metaphorically as a metaphor. It refers to the church as a bride and as an ark. The Bible speaks of the church as a type and a shadow. One of the things the, the Bible speaks of the church as is a bride. Now, if you're not married, I'm going to give you some marriage lessons today. I've been married 29 years later this year, 28 so far. And my wife is very happy because she's married to me. Look at her smile on her face. Every day she smiles. Amen. I'm not sure if she needs the medal or I need the medal, but marriage. Two single people laying down their single, single lives and giving up themselves and marrying each other and becoming one. And the Bible says the same thing happens when you understand what the church is. The church is the bride of Christ. Listen to what the Bible says, Ephesians 5.25. The Bible says that husbands go out or in your love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love marks makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty and everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness, and that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're really one in marriage. Now, I say this to you, if you've had a, a breakup in marriage or somebody's walked out on you, you know, forgive yourself and move on because then God has got someone better in line for you. So don't be hard on yourself. I'm saying this not to put any condemnation on anybody this morning. I'm saying this to you as a type and a shadow, as a metaphor of what God uses to explain the church. So the Bible says that when you look after the church, this is what the Bible says. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. So the Bible says the way you look after your wife is the way that you're doing yourself a favor. Amen. That's why, I mean, I've got a bride and she's very expensive. Um, I don't know if you know, but my kids call me Rev. And um, for, when, I, when we came to Cape Town and they went to high school, they found out that I was a pastor and they said, oh, your father's a reverend. And so our surname's Jeffrey. So they started calling me Rev Jeff um, to my kids at school. They said, oh, how's Rev Jeff doing? And then when I used to go pick them up for for cricket or something like that, they would see my car and they'd go, hey, I see Rev's earning it bigger, Rev's earning it bigger at the church. And I would say to them, you know, that you, your, you, your dad, tell them your dad has one or two people that pays their salary. Tell them I have about 50 ushers to pay, take up my salary every Sunday. So you, how many people have you got to take up your salary on a Sunday? But sometimes we have this connotation that the pastor is in it for the money or he wants to take all your, the church wants your money. It's this, the enemy will lie to you all the time about the church, this powerful organism called the church, this body. And it's through the church that we recover when we go through difficult times. It's through the church that we celebrate with those that are winning and we love those that are being going through difficult times. It's this powerful entity, amen. And the Bible says the way in which you treat the church is you're actually doing yourself a favor. Now we know that when you're single, I mean, your world is in chaos. I mean, you think your world's in order until you marry someone and you realize, I actually was living in chaos. Amen. Because what a bride does is a bride brings order to your chaos. Your clothes are over there, you, 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 your, your toilet habits are very bad, your, your, your hygiene's very bad, your clothes you wear for a whole week until your wife says, no, honey, we're not going to do it like that. The bride's going to come fix up some things. And so through the church, it's the same. When you, when you get involved in the church, the church brings order to your chaos. The church starts to take that single, single uh, independent life I used to live. I used to live for weekends and myself and parties. And the minute I marry this bride, the church, she starts to bring order to my chaos. I start to learn things from Scripture. I start to let go of things. I start to grab hold of other things. I start to learn things I never knew before. I went at all these motivational teachings from Americans, and they came to Cape Town, and I paid 15,000 bucks for two, night, two days, and I'm still in the same place after I left because it's a once-off thing. But the church is a lifelong journey of sanctification. And if you understand the power of the church, 
And if you, if you love the church and build the church, amen, that's what the Bible says. And though a man might prevail against him who is alone, two will withstand him. He says, a husband and a wife, a man might prevail at times. You get married, two might make it. He says, but a threefold cord is never quickly broken. So he says, when you add Christ, the church, the Holy Spirit, the multifaceted strength of heaven, and if you add it to your life, he says, you're not quickly broken. You might go through things. You might, you might be, be challenged in this lifetime like Jesus said we would be. But he says you will overcome. I want to say that to somebody this morning. You are busy overcoming. You have already overcome. Amen. Because you are part of the church and you haven't left the church. Stay in the church. Amen. And watch how God is going to recover you in every area of your life. So God has designed the church to assist in accelerating your life. Let me say that again. God has designed the church to assist in accelerating your life. So she brings order to your chaos. She turns your house into a home. You might have a house as a, as a guy, but until your bride walks in, it becomes a home because she has an eye for things. She, she, she puts the coffee cups in order and she actually washes the coffee cups every day because your coffee cup is not washed for a week. Amen. And she starts to change things as a single man. All the young men go, ah, Pastor, you're speaking to me this morning. But she turns your house into a home. And so you can, you can your, your Bible says, we, we, we worshiped it this morning, use my life as a living sacrifice. And you can take your human body, this house, and when you give it to Christ and you commit your life to Christ and you submit your life to Jesus and you make it part of the church, the Bible says he, he makes his residence in your body and makes it, he makes a home in your, in your life and he starts to work in and through your life. And you'll start to see a change, a shift. Your family will start to notice differences in you. That's when most people start to become persecuted. Four kinds of seed. The Bible says sometimes you don't allow the word to take root. And when persecution comes for the name of Christ, the Bible says you leave the church because you weren't rooted in the word of God. You have to allow yourself to keep coming back to church no matter what you're feeling like, no matter what you've gone through. I was at some of the lowest places of my life. I, I, I've told you before, when I was at the most financially challenged season in my life, my pastor, Henny and Kimley, that time came to me and said, the Lord told me to tell you to receive the offering every Sunday. And I went, pastor, really? Me? I've got the least credentials right now. I should have a million bucks in the bank to tell people how to, to live a, a prosperous life. And he said, no, the Lord told me I must tell you to receive the offering. And I didn't make, didn't make sense at the time. Because sometimes things don't always make sense when God is busy working in you. Amen. So we, we, we live life forward, but we sometimes understand life backwards. We only when we get through the storm, we look back and we go, oh, that's why God did it that way. And I didn't understand it neither. And the Lord started to birth in me these principles of seed time and harvest. And you often hear me speak on these things because it was in a difficult season of my life that God did a work in and through me, but it was through the church that God birthed this in my life. And God is going to use the church to establish many things in your life that God needs to put in you. Because I know the plans I think towards you, says the Lord. I know the plans for you. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord that directs his steps, and he directs his steps through the church. It's the multifaceted wisdom of God is made known through the church. Can you say amen this morning? So she becomes, when you marry the church, the church a bride, when you have a bride, you have the ability then to become fruitful and you can birth a family. When you're single, you can have sex and you can make children, but you, can, you, 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 you haven't got a bride with intimacy and you haven't got a family. You might have children, but you don't have a family. 
And the Bible says when you marry a bride, the, the church is the bride of Christ. And when you marry the church spiritually and you get involved in the church and you, you stand up for the church, the Bible says you now have the potential to become part and birth family, spiritual sons and daughters through your walk with God. It's different from just uh, living a single life and sleeping around and, and making children. The Bible says when you have a bride, you have the ability to have intimacy, not just sex. It's a difference. Intimacy is the place of intimacy where you allow God in the times of worship, in the times of reading His Word, where you allow God to look into the, 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 the barriers of your life and to break down some of the walls you've built up over the years where there's fear and uncertainty, where there's been hurt and disappointment, and now you've built up these walls and no one can see through your walls, and you say, but actual fact, God is busy working in you, and then He comes through His Word, and as He comes through His Word, it's sometimes like a sledgehammer and he smacks a few bricks off that wall and he smacks a few more bricks off that wall and he breaks down those walls and those barriers so you can get to the place of intimacy with your heart. Paul said, when I'm weak, I'm actually strong because now I allow him to do the work in me and not me to do the work myself. It's not weakness. It's not puny weakness like I don't want to, I, you know, I'm running away from my responsibility. It's a place of strength actually to be vulnerable. Are you here this morning? Because as men, we are taught to be what? Act strong all the time. You know, fathers don't really teach um, men very often to be, uh, you know, vulnerable in their emotions or in their feelings or whatever. Just be strong out there. Get out there and make it happen. And sometimes a bride comes, a mother comes. How many of you know? I've seen it with my own kids. I can say things to my kids, but the way their mother says it has a different effect. There's just that touch, that nurturing touch of a, of a mother that a father can't have. And the Bible says when you're part of the church, the bride... There is that touch that God gives through the church that you can't find with psychology. I don't criticize psychology, I'm pro it. I don't criticize psychiatry, I'm pro it. But what I'm saying to you is sometimes it's through the church when God will just give you peace that surpasses human understanding. Are you here this morning? It's like, the, it's like a bride, a woman, a mother who just has the ability. I mean, when you, when you, when you marry a woman, a bride... She imparts her wisdom into children. I mean, my wife, I mean, she's spoken to my children about things that I've never spoken to them about because she saw things and felt she needed to speak to her children in a certain way in which I didn't. Maybe I was out in the marketplace establishing the church or whatever it might be. And my voice was there in the family, but sometimes it's, the, it's when your children are younger that mother speaks into that family that she does it in a different way. And I say this to us this morning because the church does exactly the same thing. It's a type and a shadow. The church speaks to your children's hearts. The church speaks to your husband's heart and your wife's heart. Sometimes you're going through some marital battles and the church will speak to your husband or your wife differently. The multifaceted wisdom of God. I often, uh, not have a chuckle, but it's amazing when you preach a sermon, how you watch people, like in the week, you watch people on social media and they quote snippets out of the sermon all differently from where they are at. You said Many things, but that thing spoke more to that person than that person because that's the multifaceted wisdom of God. And God ordained it like that. And I encourage you this morning, stay part of the church. Don't allow the enemy to offend you. No matter what you're going through, no matter if people have rejected you or, or left you or, or your husband or your wife has divorced you, it doesn't matter. You stay in the church and you watch what God is going to do. You will recover all through the church. You will, you will, you will be supported through the church. You will be, you'll be successful through the church. Can you say amen this morning? And so she welcomes the stranger and the widow and the orphan to eat at a table. My wife is good at that. She's got a 
few ladies or a lady that comes to our house every Monday and I get agitated sometimes. Lovey, this woman, she's abusing you now. But faithfully, Sharon feeds her every single week. She, she feeds the widow, the orphan. They, they, she, you know, Sharon is putting uh, someone through school. Just the way that sometimes the bride sees different from the groom. The bride just is different. The woman just is wired differently. And the Bible said Christ is the head and the church is his bride. And sometimes when we're part of the church, we just get that touch that we can't get out anywhere else. It's just, it's, I can't explain it. It's not a, it's not a, a one thing. It's just something, this, some of you this morning are being touched in a different way than the person next to you. Why? Because the church has that ability. And also she entertains friends and family with food and rest, and she has fun with her family and her children. The church is a place of fun. Go and have some fun. My kids introduced me to paddle tennis in December. And I thought it was a Roger Federer sort of vibe, but I see it's different. They've got these sneaky little, uh, little spin shots that I don't like, you understand. So, uh, but it's great. You have fun. We should get out there and have community. Cape Town's got a lot of places that you can have fun with. It's not this beige, bland, boring, spiritual place where you have to pray all day and be so holy that you, you know, your Bible's so thick you can choke a donkey. It's not so, so, so heavy to be a Christian. I want to encourage you. Amen. I just don't post it on social media at three in the morning and say, Pastor, I'm reaching out to people in the nightclubs and the pubs. Don't backslide. I'm saying go and have fun. Amen. Out there in the world. But as much in closing this morning, as much as the church is also referred to as a bride. Are you getting something this morning? As much as the church is also referred to as a bride, it's also referred to as an ark, metaphorically, a type and a shadow. Noah built an ark, and the Bible said it speaks of that place of salvation, a place of protection. This is what Hebrews 11 verse 7 said. By faith, with confidence in God and His Word, Noah, being warned by God about events not yet seen. That's what God does. He births the church because there are events that are not yet seen. There are things that are going to happen in your life and in your family's life and in, your, in the economy of a country and in the nation and the nations around the world. And the Bible says the safest place to be when the things do happen, whatever they're going to happen, the Bible says is the church. And God gives Noah this instruction. Being warned by God about events not yet seen. Not negative, but there are things sometimes you're not called to handle by yourself. You're called to handle them through the church. And the Bible says, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his family. So when you bring your family to the church, and you bring your husband, your wife, yourself as a single person, when you plant yourself and root yourself in the church, the Bible said, no matter what the storm is that comes, and the Bible says the storms will come. I was speaking to an economist this week, and this morning again, somebody just uh, confirmed certain things, that the world is now speaking of a big recession that is coming. Things are going to get tough out there, says the economist. And yes, I don't, we're not like a bunch of uh, ostriches that stick our heads in the sand. But the Bible said it's through this organism called the church where we can support each other no matter what. Sometimes through COVID, some people made lots of money and other people lost a lot of money. It was different things, different strokes for different folks. And I say this to you this morning because no matter what's going to come, things unseen. The economist might say this. The politician might say that. A lot of people might say a lot of things. But the Bible said God birthed this thing called the church. That no matter what the storm is, the church will always rise above that. Listen to what Isaiah 59, 19 says. So as a result of the Messiah's intervention, they shall reverently fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun in the east. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, listen, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The church is the standard and put him to flight. For you will come like a rushing stream with, with the breath of the Lord, which the Lord drives. So the church, the, the type and a shadow, an ark of God. I mean, the Bible says it rises above the flood. 
Have you ever seen when a boat, uh, when, the, when, the, when it goes through the, the swells on the ocean, no matter how high the swell rises, the boat rises with the swell. And the Bible says the church is exactly the same. Jesus asked Peter, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, people, some say this and some say that. And he said, but who do you say that I am? He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, on that rock, on the revelation that Christ is our message, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I want to say to you this morning, stay in the church. Love the church. Build the church. I mean, groom the church. Give to the church. Why? Because as you give to your wife to make her look pretty, Give to the church. Make sure the church is healthy. Happy wife, happy life. Happy church, happy life. Amen. Are you here this morning? And I say this to us to encourage our faith. Because you're not going to supernaturally accelerate outside the church. Well, you can. But you're not going to most likely sustain what you accelerated with. Because the enemy is going to come in and deceive you in so many ways. That's why the Bible says when the word of God comes to your heart, don't harden your heart. The Bible said, like a good child, receive the instruction of the Word. So the storms of isolation, the Bible says the church is the standard against the storms of isolation. The church is the standard against the storms of loneliness. Many people are lonely. You can sit in a room like this, but you can be lonely this morning. And it's through fellowship. It's through uh, communing with your brothers and sisters. It's through fellowship with other brothers and sisters. It's through hanging out with Christians and non-Christians and living a life of purpose, going out there and preaching Christ to people and staying in purpose that all these things will, will start to fall away and make sense. You see the storms of financial setbacks. It's through the church that God's going to give you an opportunity or a job or something like that. It's through the church because someone knows someone who knows someone. Why? Because our brother over there is in need. Our sister over there is in need. Let's reach out to them through the church. Can you say amen this morning? The storms of relationship challenges. We all go through challenges, business relationships, marriage relationships. It's through the church that you're going to recover. It's through the church that God is going to maybe send you your right wife or your right husband. Amen. It's through the church. I say to you, watching the church. The church is the place. The, the storms of discouragement and disappointment. It's in the church. Amen. The storms of rejection and heartbreak. Everybody goes through stuff. But it's through the church. Are you here this morning? I want you to stand your feet with me all over this place today. A teaching this morning, as I felt the Lord leading me in this direction, a teaching this morning, beginning this year, as we lay a foundation, the church, as we head to the next three days of prayer and fasting, the church. The church is the place that, that God wants you to be. Listen to what the Bible says, Luke 4, 18, verse 19. Jesus, His purpose. Here is your Christian purpose. Here is your Christian, the reason why you are a Christian. The very first sermon Jesus ever preached. This comes out of Isaiah 53. Remember, Jesus was a qualified rabbi. And as he preached to people, or as he understood the Old Testament, this is the very first scripture verse that he preaches to them. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news of the gospel to the poor. So what is he saying? He's saying that as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit on you, in you, and you have an anointing. You don't need someone to tell you you're anointed. When you accepted Christ, you have an anointing. Now you develop that anointing. That anointing develops over time. The more you work your muscles in gym, the more you build your muscles. Amen. That's how it works. The more you work your anointing, the more your anointing is felt by other people around you. But you're not trying to be anointed. You are anointed. You might not feel anointed, but you are anointed. Why? Because the Spirit of God is upon you. And I believe this morning that God wants to activate in people. 
the revelation that Christ is our message. And if you haven't accepted Christ into your life, the Bible says you're always going to try through your own human endeavors to try and find a purpose on this earth. It'll ebb and flow. You might have a passion for this or that, but it's only to the church that you'll truly find your purpose on this earth. Because it's through the church. No greater love is any man than this that he lays down his life for his friends. The church teaches you submission. The church teaches you servanthood. The church teaches you to lay things down, to give up your time, your treasure, your talent for something greater than yourself. It's through the church. It's not all about you getting it, but it's about you giving. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says to preach the good news to the poor so your life should improve through the church. He has sent me to announce release to the captives. This morning, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to set many people free in this place. Why? Because as you put your faith in Christ, the Bible says the anointing of heaven comes, the power of God comes, and He sets captives free. Why can't you accelerate? Because it's like having a chain against your ankle, and you can only walk this far, because the thing keeps yanking you back to the place where you find yourself. But it's through the church, it's through the Word of God, it's through the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ that, that the, the Word of God comes, and that shackle on the chain breaks off your ankle. The Bible says what? The recovery of sight to the blind. You might be in a place where you've lost your vision. You've lost your, 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 your sight for the future. The Bible said it's through the presence of God that this place comes where God recovers and restores. And I believe God is going to do that this morning. I believe God is going to drop one thought, one word. God is going to give you one instruction this morning. And you're going to start to see again clearly. Sometimes you're in the fog. You're in the, you can't see clearly. You're just under the press of life. and You're not sure what to do. But it's in the presence of God through the church that a peace comes that surpasses human understanding. The Bible says what? He says that to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, listen, those who are downtrodden, those who are bruised and crushed and broken down by calamity, to proclaim the acceptable, accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. I want to say to you, 2023 has already been accepted by God as a good year. You've been accepted and your year has been accepted. You don't have to go through a season of seven years of lean cows and fat cows, no. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. According to your faith, let it be unto you. What do you do is you put one foot in front of the other. You lift up your hands again this morning. I know it's the beginning of the year. I'm not saying you're tired this morning, but I'm saying to you, sometimes you look at the year ahead and you go, Pastor, I'm not sure how we're going we're to get to this year. Some of you are going through some marital challenges this morning and God's saying, hey, when's the last time you actually told your wife how much you love her? Wife, when's the last time you actually told your husband how much you loved him? Whenever you not going to this year expecting your wife to first and you to first and she must first before I do this. No, no greater love is anyone than this than to lay down his life for his friend, to serve your brother and your sister in Christ. Amen. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. You received the word this morning. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.